And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie back with Cheryl Jones. Open lines for us this hour. Cheryl's website, of course, is linked up at coasttocoastam.com. How many emails do you get now these days, Cheryl? Oh, I can't even count them. There's so many. I try to keep up with them, and uh, some fall through the cracks, but I try to keep going back and uh, finding everything that that uh, does so. So, yeah, I, I, I don't even count them. I just try to keep up with them, and, and that's very hard. How do you like the flexibility of being able to handle so many different kinds of unusual stories? Well, I do. I uh, I started out in weather, as you know, years ago. Um, but in my first weather job in Knoxville, I also, within about a year, ended up having a talk show, which was a live talk show with a live call-in. And at that time, uh, that was uh, very much a cutting-edge situation. Uh, there was not even a, a delay on the phone calls. Um, so I got a taste of that early on, and I loved it. I knew then that even though I loved weather, that weather wouldn't be my only focus, that I, that I would find a way to be able to marry all of, the, all of the different aspects throughout my career. Cheryl, how did your CNN position come along? I was working at that time um, in Atlanta, at uh, the CBS affiliate at WAGA, and I, um, because the station itself was undergoing a lot of turmoil and uh, management changes and all of that, and I also knew that that wasn't where I wanted to stay, so I just sent an inquiry over to um, Bert Reinhardt, the president at the time, and I had friends inside over there, too, that kept me abreast of what was going on. And so he was very interested, and uh, he said, uh, yeah, when can you get out of your contract? And so that was, uh, I had to then try to see what my options were there. I was already in the phase of time when you can talk with someone. Um, So I got that squared away, and um, I also said uh, he was interested in, uh, uh, it was weather that I was doing and science reporting at the time, and I said, but the the only problem is, uh, Mr. Reinhardt, I don't want to be totally committed at this next move to weather. Um, I I have a news background, I have a producing and reporting, field reporting background, and I love that. And I'd like to find a way to marry all of those if I could. And he said, well, send me a tape. I sent him a tape. He called back immediately and said, I want you on the news side. So I'm saying, okay, now what am I going to do? <laughs> I'd like to keep my toe in everything. So I made a deal that uh, I, I could fill in um, on weekends or vacation and keep my toe in the weather side and keep my seals active and still do the news. That's great. I had two friends at CNN, as you know, who have passed on. One was Don Harrison, the anchorman, great guy. And the other was John Petrovich, who came up with CNN.com. Oh, yes. He was amazing. He was amazing. And Don was an amazing gentleman as well. I would run into him from time to time in the cafeteria. One-legged skier. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. When they're determined. Absolutely. Let's go to the phones. Let's go, first of all, west of the Rockies. We're going to Sacramento, California. Charles is with us. Welcome. Hey, Charles. Hi, George. How are you tonight? Great. Good to have you with are you us. Are taking your almonds? I'm taking my almonds every day. Uh, me too. I think about you every time I do that. Um, 
Ms. Jones, you have me walking around the house with all the lights on and checking the doors. I'm so <laughs> freaked out, you know, uh, scary stuff. I, I would like to lean into your uh, weather experience. Um, I kind of would like to know something constructive that somebody could do to get the um, people who report the weather to get locked in to calling like a cloud, what we used to think of a cloud as a cloud, just water and ice, and so that when they do the cloud seeding and stuff like that, if there's something else that's filtering the sunshine, then, you know, they would identify it. And while you think about that, I'd, I'd like to let the gentleman in Maui know that, um, you know, that, that, that there's a lot of help available with, like, therapy and stuff like that. And because um, he, he might be misconstruing anxiety with pressure and sometimes just getting to the right question, like, Maybe it's it's not about going to work, but leaving his family. You know what I mean? So I, I, I just don't like to see my friends suffer. I'll let them struggle. but I won't, And he sounds like he's kind of suffering a little bit. So, Yeah, he was uh, taking calls during our uh, anxiety segment, Cheryl. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a very, very uh, important and very serious topic. And uh, your guest was just excellent about that and people who are in those uh, very threatening situations uh, really do need help, all the help that they can get. How long is school to become a meteorologist? Well, it depends on what uh, you do. I actually went back to um, uh, school, back to college, and after I already had my first degree, I was in broadcasting weather and news and talk show and uh, reporting as well for several years in different markets. And when I went to Denver, and I was into hot air ballooning at that time as well, um, I ended up, I was on the news side, but I ended up doing weather again because of a situation there at the station where there was a need. And it allowed me to um, go back to um, school and get my degree in meteorology. And it took me about two years because of, I already had a lot of the prerequisites that were required, so I transferred a lot of that. So um, it just depends. It would be a four-year degree if you went about that initially in a normal way, um, uh, you know, or like I did, just uh, added two years on to your regular degree. Did you ever know of the name Barry Zavan, the weatherman? I've heard of him. Do you know him? I knew him. He's passed on. I worked with him in uh, Detroit. Uh, He was in Minnesota when I was there as well. Not a meteorologist, but a great performer mm-hmm. who, knew, who knew how to talk about the weather. Well, back in the earlier days, there were no meteorologists on the air. Exactly. And um, when I was working in Kansas City, um, the, um, uh, let's see, the second time, uh, not not Kansas City, but in, in Denver, um, that was during the 80s, and during that time was when all of the transitions uh, were, were happening digitally with the computers and all of that. So when I started out, I was doing weather with a plexiglass weather board that fell on me occasionally. And <laughs> like right from the top it fell down? Right, 
Right, and drawing drawing everything on highs and lows and fronts, warm fronts and cold fronts and all that, as I went with big magic markers, and you'd hope that the lid was on really tightly and it didn't drip all over the place on air, but it did once uh, do that. But anyway, so the technology changed a lot, as you know, over the years. So as uh, computers came along and then you had to learn all the computer systems and Every time you turned around, there was another computer system to learn and all of that. So you just had to keep on top of all of that. Now the graphics are incredible. Um, you know, also when, when I was in Kansas City the first time, that was way before computers. There were no graphics of any sort like that. In fact, it was a union shop. I had to draw everything I wanted on my map on a piece of paper, hand it to the stagehand in the studio, and then stand there and tell him where to place everything. And I couldn't touch the map because it was union. But other stations were not union that I worked at or networks. So that was a different story, but uh, you had to you had to change with the system and change with the times, and uh, you know get into the computers, learn it all, and so it's been an interesting transformation that I've I've been through. Sometimes the graphics are too much these days. I kind of like simple in those days. Yes, yes, it was very simple in those days. You had a national map and a local map and a forecast, <laughs> and and the information though wasn't as forthcoming either. You didn't have computers, so you couldn't go online and and check all of the summaries and reports and the radar reports and all of that. It was uh, checking with the weather service and seeing what you could get on the phone and, and what you could get from the wires. We had a weathercaster in Detroit, Sonny Elliott, a classic guy. He was there for years and years. And you know how the state of Michigan kind of looks like there's a thumb sticking out? Right. He would always have a piece of the thumb and he'd take it, and it would come apart on his map. And he'd also he'd always do his little sticky thing. But uh, his ratings were huge. Well, you remember, uh, you probably remember Tex Antoine from WN. Yes. Yes. Uh, they brought me up there to fill in for him at the end of his career. And uh, so I did. And that was in conjunction with a sister station in Kansas City, Metro Media, at the time. And um, so I went up there, and, of course, no one had bothered to check the difference in uh, how tall I was and how tall he was, so there was no platform or anything there. And at the very last minute, they drag in, they find a a wooden, uh, like a Coke case for me to stand on. (laughs) So so I wouldn't wouldn't be down below the map. But anyway, cool. so that was kind of a tenuous uh, n- navigation during those weathercasts. That was during a, a summertime vacation for Tex. Let's and- go to Joe in Monterey, California. Go ahead, Joseph. Thank you for taking my call, George. Sure, Joe. Yeah, you uh, you asked a, a very important question, and people don't understand that uh, Lord Jesus Christ, actually, the word Lord uh, is deserving in this case. Uh he is commander-in-chief of all the armies of God. He's one with God. And when you mention his name, whatever is attacking you or, you know, these demons, they know right after that name comes angels, and they don't want to be around. When you are um, dealing with the other side, you challenge them in the name of Christ a number of times and see their reaction. You say, who do you serve? And if, they, if, it isn't Christ, if it isn't Christ, the Holy Spirit, or God the Father, and it's God the Father, God does not have a name. It is transcendent. 
That's why Christ refers to God as God the Father and not a name. Uh, I just wanted to bring that out because it's extremely important for those who wish to make contact with the other side. And you don't do this uh, uh, naively. You People work many years in meditation just to get the privilege of meeting some of these uh, higher beings or um, other different phenomena. But it, it, I always... Hmm? It's strange how the name, though, invoking the name of Jesus seems to work, Cheryl. Oh, absolutely. And uh, if it's working, why change it? You know, it's uh, you, you don't you don't uh, mess with success. And thank you very much, Joe, for your input because that's very insightful. You're pretty spiritual, Cheryl, aren't you? Yes, I've had a lot of miracles in my life, and I think uh, probably my <laughs> my survival in some cases is uh, is attributed to that. I'm very thankful, and I grew up in a very conservative environment. And I don't really call it conservative. It's more like salt of the earth. Just trying to use common sense is uh, kind of how I try to to live. What do you think of prayer? I think it's very important. I think it's very important on a regular basis. It works. Yeah, it sure does. It sure does. Taking the religious aspect out of it, why do you think it works? Well, what are we connecting with? Uh, well, connecting with God. Um, again, I'm not an expert, but it works, and um, the prayer lists work. Um, I know I have um, I have a friend right now who's in a very critical state, and uh, she's on a lot of prayer lists. In fact, she's a, a longtime coast coast uh, listener, and. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's very powerful, and you just have to have something. You, you just really have to have the, the strength and the power to believe. Let's go to Cornelius in Alexandria, Louisiana. He's a believer, aren't you, Corny? Yes, George, as corny as you call me. I was just telling Tom, um, and he's a great Dallas Cowboy fan, so go Dallas Cowboys. Um Cheryl, they call me the God Guns of Gold Man, the Bible Bullets and Beans Man. And just like Joe from Monterey, I believe in Christ. I use Psalm 91, the prayer of protection, the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6. And today being December the 1st, go to Proverbs. They have one for each day, 31 Proverbs. So if it's 31 days a month, they got it all covered. But what I wanted to hit you with, Cheryl, a lot of callers like that Rob guy, they give disinformation and misinformation on the show, and even Brandon from Austin, Texas. George, what those Jews are going through, and Hamas is nothing but a terrorist organization. If you look at Glenn Beck and Abraham Hamilton on Hamilton's Corner, they'll show tapes where Hamas says, we put these missiles and stuff next to schools and hospitals so they will get collateral damage and stuff. And you see where Hamas attacked at that bus stop and stuff. Yep. So it, it's no innocence. This, they, they train their children to hate the Jews and stuff, just like Nazi Germany and stuff like that. So I wish Brandon would look at some of that stuff and stop defending, thinking that, and stop attacking America. America done some bad things like the Tuskegee experiment and stuff. 
But then there were the Tuskegee Airmen, which my dad wanted to be in that unit, but he was too young for World War II, but he wasn't too young for Korea and stuff. Well, we're going to go ahead, Courtney. Of that young lady, I would like to call her in Paris, Tennessee, the guest that you just had on. But God bless you, George, and God bless Coast to Coast AM. And watch my demon video, Cornelius Lawson White, on YouTube. It's a demon video. You'll hear the demon. I think somebody dubbed that in, Courtney. I really do. I don't know if you've seen it yet, Cheryl. Have you? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. The Cornelius demon video? Yeah, just go on YouTube and search for it. Okay, all right, will do. There's another video. He got tossed out of a city hall meeting and he went crazy. <laughs> he, he absolutely went you ballistic. Want to have coast listeners who are wimps and roll over and play dead? <laughs> no, well, that's not what we do. That's for sure. And he's made a good point about the children, and that's the focus of, uh, of seemingly the evil forces in our world right now, because they sure are focusing on the children, and the earlier the better. And um, you know, they've said if uh, they can get them. Uh, by four, by age four, then they have them. Looks like the ceasefire is over with, and uh, things are picking up again. And uh, I just wish they could get that situation resolved. It's crazy. Yes, I wish we could be uh, be confident that we're getting the truth and everything too. Yeah, I think generally we are. With what the uh, you talk about brave reporters being in combat zones like that—that's that's un- unbelievable, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's just no cover anywhere. You don't know. I mean, especially when you deal with, uh, as uh, Cornelius mentioned, the mentality of putting um, uh, the missiles next to hospitals and schools. And it's by any means necessary there. So every moment is taking your life in your own hand in a situation like that. Yeah, by putting missiles around schools, you're just crying for them to be attacked. Well, there's no value on life. No. And it, it's it's all done for the drama and because they know that uh, life is a value to other people and, that, and they can be used as very effective and very valuable hostages. Have you heard about another virus that's starting in China all over again? Yes, isn't that convenient? Here we go. Here we go. Well, and we're going to take a short break here, Cheryl. And come back and take final phone calls with you on Coast to Coast AM. Cheryl Jones with us. Open lines. We'll take your calls when we come back. And welcome back. George Norrie with you. Back with our final segment with Cheryl Jones as we are doing this in an open line forum, which uh, we do every month here on Coast to Coast. Next time we talk to you, it's going to be the end of December, Cheryl. It will be. The months just fly by. And then it'll be 2024. That is going to be a, a rather interesting year. It's really going to determine the future of our country. I think so. It's going to be a fascinating presidential campaign, and uh, we'll see what happens. Let's hope everybody stays safe during it. That's right. Let's go to the phones. Let's pick it up by going to Terry in Florida. Welcome to the program. Hi, Terry. Hello, George. Hello, Cheryl. Good evening to you. Hi there. Um, I want to... So got, got a comment that kind of touches on both uh, subjects of the uh, night. Number one, I've been suffering from anxiety since I was uh, came back from deployment in Panama in 1991. I was a medic in the Army. And uh, I've suffered from anxiety 
ever since then, and it usually manifests itself in forms of anger. And I'll jump to 2009 when um, I'd lost a wallet getting up to go to work in the morning, and I just became infuriously enraged that I that it was gone and I was going to have to go through all the problems of getting a new ID and everything. But, and, but my wife didn't take too kindly to my anger. So in a fit of rage, it kind of came over me. I, uh, attempted suicide. Oh my God. And I, I, I was successful. They crash carted me in the hospital, I guess, three times. I was in a coma for five days, but, um, and coming into what, where that has to do is, I didn't experience anything in a near death. I didn't experience the lights, the nothing. So it it kind of shook my faith into what happens afterwards, you know, after life. What do you think of that, Cheryl? Well, that's interesting. Everybody has their own own experiences. Um, Yeah. you know, there's so many different ways that people describe what happened to them, and it's not for me to say or judge in, in, in a situation because everything is possible. Terry, we're glad you rebounded and came back with us. My gosh, what a rough situation. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's, it's good that he made it through, and that's, that's, that's uh, wonderful. That's a miracle. Cheryl, are you on Facebook, Instagram? Do you do that? I do some, but not a lot. I used to, and I just got tired of being banned all the time and shadow banned. And it it takes up a lot of time. And uh, unless uh, you post a recipe or um, your pet or whatever, you can get into trouble, as opinionated as I am. But um, I think what did it for me was uh, post. I once posted a really funny video on a squirrel that was on a seesaw. And I got banned on that because, uh, of course, the Facebook monitor said it was too violent. So I said, that's it. <laughs> and no, but I, I know it's very important, but I, uh, I just I, I really don't have the time right now. David in San Francisco, welcome to the show. Hey, Davey, go ahead. Uh, good evening, uh, Cheryl. Good evening, George. Hi, Dave. Um, Cheryl, I have a question. Um, I was in... Well, I'm not, I'm not in the faith anymore. But I was in the non-denomination church, um, and prophets, evangelists, all this. You know, it. I walked away from this, and it's pretty sad because um, I come from a background of my mother, you know, doing witchcraft, and she, believe it or not, a mother being jealous of a son, and you know, she always prayed like magic against my career, everything, and so forth. And so did my dad. I mean, can you believe parents being jealous and wishing the worst for their son? Jeez. And I went to all these churches, and, in fact, there was a minister that became good friends of mine for 38 years, and he stole from me valuable things. And um, he always wished the worst on people, uh, like he would say, Oh, you know, Jesus is going to deal with this person. If they don't give me a tithes and offerings, they're going to lose their wives. They're going to lose their jobs. All this. So, I'm. My question to you is, how is it? And George, you said something earlier. Um, how is it that Jesus could move the or? Uh, 
how is it that Jesus can help us in this matter? And but then you have all these evangelists and stuff like that in in the barrier. I mean, uh, God, so many bad things I can talk about, uh, Cheryl. But my God, it's like it scares me, and that's why I walked away from it. And I literally walked away from my family completely because of what they were doing and what their belief and practice of such an occult, such, you know, of witchcraft and so forth. And I don't talk to them anymore. But um, on both sides, from family to the non-denomination, you have all these people that from the big churches in the area that just are corrupted because using the name Jesus, can you explain that to me? Go ahead, Cheryl. Are you asking me? Okay. Uh, I don't have an answer for for you. you. Are you saying you don't understand why people use the name of Jesus? Is that what you're saying? Well, he wants to know why it works. Oh, why, why it works. Well, um, I think people believe that it works because uh, because they have faith that it believes that it works, and, and uh, you know, there is a God. I think we're going to put you in a convent for a month, Cheryl, and have you come back and make a report. <laughs> You'll have to book it in advance. <laughs> they'll, they'll take you. Down yeah. where you live, they'll take you for the archdiocese. Oh, prob- prob- well, with what's going on with the Catholic Church these days, who knows? It just, uh, you know, what's going on there. Um, everything is topsy-turvy anymore. There's something very supernatural, I I think, about invoking the name of Jesus. For some reason, it works. Uh, I have been told by so many demonologists that when that name pops up, the demons, in an exorcism, for example, just freak out. Well, yes, that's absolutely, that's true. And so there has to be something to it. Or else, um, you know, it wouldn't work, and it wouldn't work for so many different people who are not even connected, who are telling the same stories. Let's go to Gretchen in St. Louis. Welcome to the show. It won't stop raining out here, Gretch. Yeah, I don't know about this. (laughs) At least it's not snow. Thank you for taking my call. All I want to say is an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And the last part may be attributed to Mahatma Gandhi. Soon the world will be blind and toothless. That's all I want to say. Well said, by the way. Well said indeed. Jeremy in North Dakota. Take it away, Jeremy. Hello, George. Today is one week from my 20th anniversary of my new fatal auto Keep going, kid. Keep going. Um, And I want to tell uh, Cheryl, that I think the reason why I've survived 20 years is because I have the faith of a grain of mustard seed. <laughs> well, you've got the key absolutely right there. Is that it, Jeremy? You're done? All right. Good for you. Just keep pushing. 20 years, a grain of mustard. That's a that's a that's a good secret for longevity. He was in a coma for two and a half months, by the way. Yes, Cheryl. I tell his story before on coast, and it's good good that he hangs in there with us. It's good to good have you. You've you've got survival skills. It's not easy. First time caller, John, in the state of Georgia. Hey, John, go ahead. Hey, uh, hi, George. How are you? Good, John. Thank you. Um, 
like to let you know I'm a scientist, which makes me a skeptic. And uh, I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri, which you got to show me. But one night, I'm in my basement. Um, I'm going through a very dark, negative time in my life. And I was listening to music. And I looked up, and it was just a weird feeling. And all of a sudden, the most beautiful voice I've ever heard comes into my head. But the message was really weird. It was, what the heck are you doing with yourself? Something to that nature. It was scolding me. And uh, I, I literally, uh, it stopped, and I couldn't remember the words after that. And it was a different state. I came out of the office and uh, changed my ways. Who do you think the voice was? Well, I have an adoptive mother, I have a birth mother, and it could be Mary. Whatever it is, uh, they helped you a lot, didn't they? Yeah, and I, I'll tell you what, I'm willing to take a lie detector test on this. You know, Cheryl, you should do a segment on miracles one uh, one episode for us. Yes, miracle, have that uh, miraculous healings. Mary in New Jersey, take it away. Hi, Mary. Oh, hello, Julie. Hello, uh, Cheryl. Hello, how are you? Continuation from last month, the birds and the bees. I was working on the UAP, and uh, to me it sounds like, just to me only, umbilical cord, arteries, and placenta. So whoever puts this all together, I think is, uh, you know, like a baby doctor or whatever. But even going back to the flying saucers, years ago they used to have... Uh, commercials like with the flying stork with the bundle knocking on the door. They used to tell the children, like, where do babies come from? And then they say, oh, there's the stork. But, I mean, it just sounds like it to me. And I asked the library about the um, uterus and the ovaries, and that's like way back in Latin. So they knew those names. But the fallopian tubes, it was a, um, that's fairly, you know, recent compared to that, uh, an Italian doctor. Put the name to that. Interesting scientific observation, Cheryl. Yes. Fits right in. Time for a couple more calls. Denver in Jackson, Mississippi. Hello, Denver. Well, good evening. Good evening. Look here. I got a message for that gentleman that called about his family pressing witchcraft. I'm an ordained minister. And if I want Tommy to give him uh, my number, I would like to talk to him. But look, this is what he got to do. He got to pray and ask Jesus to come into his life and be real with him. See, Jesus has all power. See, a lot of people don't understand, but Jesus came to earth, and he walked the earth in the flesh, and he was crucified. He went to hell and demoted Satan. He took the keys from hell and death from the devil, and all you got to do is call on Jesus. Jesus got all power in his name. Everybody in life should know Jesus. I have made demons disappear in his name. And he come to me in vision to give me power. That gentleman needs to call me. This is for him. He got to get spiritual. He got to seek somebody that's righteous, that anointed, and not a hypocrite. You have a website, Denver, or anything like that? Yeah, Denver Washington 277 at gmail.com. All right. Let's hope you get a lot of response. And uh, we, uh, we need more people like you out there fighting the good fight. Cheryl, what has been for you? One of the most amazing episodes in your life. Episodes? What What kind of an episode are you talking about? Like a Anything. Single event? Hmm. There's been so many. 
The most amazing uh, probably is uh, when my mother was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer with no uh, no time really at all to live back in the 80s. Now, when you get that, you get it. How did she do, though? What happened? She, she said she wasn't going to die. She's a very strong woman, very, very spiritual. And she lived uh, to be 95 years old uh, until 2010. With pancreatic cancer. That's amazing. Right, right, right. She did. And, and you know, whether it was misdiagnosed, or not, uh, we never knew, but that was what we were told. I was called home on an emergency call when I was working in Denver because she only went in for, for um, a routine surgery and found out that they said it was much worse than that and to, I wanted to see her alive to get on the next plane. Of course, I did and took some time off, but, um, but she made it through, and she slowly but surely, she went through chemo, lost her hair, did all of that, Almost died a few times, but she made it through. Great. And you stay healthy yourself, okay? I am. I am. So we will be talking to you, I think, before Christmas, right? Uh, yes, I believe so. Let's see here. I put my calendar aside there for a moment. And well, or maybe it's after Christmas. Oh, it is after Christmas. It's on the 28th. 28th. Okay, so we'll we'll, uh, we'll wish you a Merry Christmas right now and uh, talk to you on the 28th. Okay, and likewise, the same to you and everybody at Coast, and we'll get ready for 24 and see if we can't turn the world around. Cheryl Jones, her website is her name, linked up at coasttocoastam.com, and definitely email her, folks. Thanks, Cheryl. For Dan Galanti, Tom Danheiser. Lisa Lyon, Lex Lonehood, Sean Ladasour, Stephanie Smith, Chris Burrows, Tim Banal, George Knapp, and Ian Punnett. I'm George Norrie, somewhere out there on Coast to Coast AM. We'll see you on our next edition. Until then, be safe, everyone.